0: Gonna love others, 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 others. Amen, amen. You know, Grace City, that's really the message this morning. <laughs> we gotta love others the way Christ loved us. Amen. I may be you may be seated. Let's go home. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really uh, the songwriter uh, really summarized the summarized Uh, what what this message is all about. You know, uh, we are in the fourth week of our series entitled One Another. First two weeks, Bob did a tremendous job of telling us that we have to teach one another and serve one another. Last week, we went into the book of Romans, chapter 15, where he calls us to bear the burdens of one another. But this week, Paul pushes us to verses 7 through 13 and in verses 7 through 13 Paul is the theme of the entire book of Romans. He, we're 7 and 13 really summarized this beautiful book of Romans which he calls, it is simply this. He says, we are to love one another the same way that Christ loved us. He tells them to, that the Gentiles and the Jewish community should love each other. Grace City, in other words, he says, the insider and the outsider and God's economy are the same, and we ought to love each other the same way. Amen. That's good news of the gospel right there. So he then gives a mandate this morning, and I'm going to read the mandate from the scriptures this morning in verses 7 through 13. This is the word of the Lord. Here it is, verse 7. He says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs may be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name again, it says. Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise thee the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol it again. Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. One who will rise and rule over the nation in him, the Gentiles, will hope. May the God of hope fill with all joy, peace, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, thank you. And we honor you and we bless you for your word this morning. Thank you for this message this morning. God, you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold me, shape me, break me to what you need us to be. Holy Spirit, we give you full authority. Minister through our minds, speak with our tongue, love with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children say, amen. Verse 7 grabs our attention this morning. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to praise the Lord. For the time that's mine, it's very simple. I'm just going to preach this morning, (laughs) accepting one another. You know, Alan, I think one of the problems and the reasons why we have division in the church is that we feel we must have a full approval of something or someone's behavior before we can consider accepting them. Judy, in other words, if you don't approve how one acts, look, or behave, then oftentimes in the world, we won't accept people. I believe this is the reason why some people can't accept Christ as their savior, Lil, because they want a savior to look, to act, and behave like they think a savior should act. (laughs) The reality is we do the same thing with one another. We accept people when they meet a certain approval first. But here's the danger. Sometimes God doesn't meet our approval in the way that we think things should look at and behave. And we do this to ourselves. And the risk of this is that we can actually leave God out of our lives. Story is told of a disheveled cleaning woman who visited a local church one day. And when the invitation came, she came down the aisle and told the pastor, said, you know, I want to be a member of the church. And the preacher listened, and he told her, you know, she said, I want to be baptized. And the preacher thought to him, so the preacher looked at her. She noticed that she was a little unkempt. She even smelled a little bit, and her fingernails were not clean. Um, her job, she picked up garbage. She cleaned toilets. Um, and the preacher was looking at this woman thinking, what would the church think about her? And, and so he told her, he said, you know, pray about getting baptized and being a member of this church. Go back, and I want you to pray about it. The following week, she came again during the invitation. She told the preacher, she said, I prayed about it, and I still want to be baptized. And the grand the preacher told her, listen, you know, go ahead back, and, and I want you to just pray and make sure um, that you want to be baptized. A few weeks later, while... Out, he was out, the preacher was out eating, saw the woman at the restaurant, noticed she hadn't been at church for a while, and he wanted to make sure he didn't feel, she didn't think she was ignored, so he walked over to her and said, I haven't seen you in church in a while. Where have you been? She says, is everything all right? She said, oh, yes. She said, everything is fine. She said, I talked to Jesus, and he told me, don't worry about going to your church. He said, the, pre-, he said, the preacher looked around and said, what, 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 do you, you know, what do you mean? He said, oh, yes. He said, Jesus said, Jesus said, I've been trying to get in that church for a long time, and I I haven't been able to get in there for years. She said, don't worry about that church. (laughs) Grace City, our acceptance by God is not predicated by man's behavior or conduct or appearance or what we do for God. Our acceptance by God is about who he is and what he's done in our lives. In our culture, we need to approve people before we accept them. One of the unique things about our church is that we are a church that about the mission of reconciliation. And one of the things we thought about was that when we had two pastors, that we knew that we had to reconcile the community of Baltimore. And so we decided to have two senior pastors, one black, one white, to bring reconciliation to the community. But one of the things that was important to that is that we understood Bob and I understood that there are certain places that I had to go in the door first in order to get the approval so that the other can be accepted. Don't get cute on me because that's where we are now. There are moments uh, when Bob goes in the door. I I was a part of Grace Fellowship Church. um, And when I was a part of Grace Fellowship Church, you know, Bob had to do what we call on the street, stamp me. (laughs) He stamped me, said he's good, he could come in and everything was good. And I ended up being in Grace Fellowship community. But there were moments uh, that I had to stamp Bob. You know, one time we were down in 2015 on the line right there uh, in between the riders and and the police and we're sitting right there on the line and I'm, I'm, I'm out there and, you know, it gets out of control and... All of a sudden, the police officer calls us. He says, you Corian and, 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 and the nation of Islam. all y'all come in here. Y'all pastors come inside. So we end up going inside, and I noticed that the, the nation of Islam goes inside. I noticed that a lot of the African-American pastors go, I go inside. I look around, and I hear a voice, say, who is this? And I said, I looked over, and they had Bob at the door. And I said, no, he's with me. And they let him in. See, Grace City, every now and then, see, we live in a culture and a world where you have to be approved first before others accept you. (laughs) But here's the good news of the gospel. I am so glad that God doesn't need to stamp us or others or need people to stamp us in order for him to accept us. Amen, amen, amen. I'm telling you, Grace City, God doesn't need to stamp in order to accept. As a matter of fact, he accepts you when your conduct really wasn't even approved. See, Genesis 3 says that when Adam had disapproved conduct, the Bible said, God said, where are you, Adam? What does that mean? That means when when Adam's conduct was disapproved God still accepted him as his child come on somebody don't you get cute in here because it wasn't because of your conduct your attitude your pedigree your cuteness God accepted you even when you were disapproved as a matter of fact the Bible says while you were a sinner Christ died for you when you were disapproved he accepted you that's the gospel of Jesus Christ I don't know about you, Grace City. I'm so glad God accepts you before he's approved you. Because if he was approved you before he accepted you, I wouldn't be standing in this pulpit. But this is the good news of the gospel. When I was sinking (laughs) deep in sin, Far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Watch this, from the water he lifted me. Now safe am I. You want to know why I'm standing in this pulpit? It was God's love that lifted me. God's love lifted me. When nobody else could help, God's love will lift you. And I'll text this morning. Chapter 15, Romans, Paul is calling the church of Rome and admonished them to bear one another's burdens. He says to those who are weak in the faith, you ought to bear each other, bear the strong. People were arguing and debating over dietary laws, in which I told you last week, the vegetarians and those who didn't drink were debating over those who ate meat and drank too much. They wanted them to believe that they were more spiritual than the drinkers and the meat eaters. And Paul tells them to stop majoring in the minors and minoring in the majors. And it's time out for that because none of that even matters. Paul is telling the church even today, don't major in the minors. Don't get caught up in the small things that really doesn't matter. And Paul goes on and have this conversation, and he even labeled them, He said those of them who are practicing legalism or think they can earn their way right, he says they are the weak, and he says those of you who understand the freedom in Christ and understand that you have a right in this freedom in Christ and you can move in the freedom of God, he he calls them the strong, but he says I want you all to bear the burdens of those who are weak. And then he continues the conversation right here in verse 7 where he then continues and Brings the theme of the entire book of Romans right in front of us. He wants, the reason why he writes this book is that he wants the people of God to accept one another. I need you to look at somebody and say, I accept you, I accept you. Come on, come on, tell somebody I accept you. The theme of this book <laughs> is that we're called to accept one another. Listen, 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 Grace City. Uh, acceptance has nothing to do uh, with, with anything other than the work that Jesus Christ had done for us. God's acceptance is through his grace. When God, what is grace? Grace is the undeserved favor of God. It was in, Paul writes in Ephesians, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, but it was the gift of God. You and I are accepted because of God's grace. We and I are accepted because of God's love. Love says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Great city, our acceptance is through grace, our acceptance is through love, but more importantly, our acceptance is through God's mercy. God's mercy is his compassion. He looks at you and he's compassionate. He's sympathetic and he loves you just for who you are because you are his child. (laughs) Grace City calls us to accept one another because he accepted you with his grace, with his love, and with his mercy. And Grace City, when we accept one another, just the way Christ accepted us, the first thing I want you to understand, it is a praise to God. <laughs> See, you you worship team, we know that praise is what we do to God. What we our praise is our, our worship to God. But more importantly, we need to understand that if we don't accept number, one another in love, Paul calls that a tinkling sound and a symbol, He calls that hollow worship. It's not going anywhere for you to lift your hands up, singing that cute song we just sang, and we don't accept one another. Paul says, no, no, that's not, he said, but when the church comes together from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different experiences, Being in a place where no other place where you would have ever been connected. He says, that's a praise to me. (laughs) Now, can I ask you a question? Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning. (laughs) Let's redefine our praise. Come on, let's praise him this morning. See, no, see, see that? We're quiet. And that's the problem with the church. Because when God calls us to be a praise It ain't about our noise. It's not about our hands because we can do all that, but if we don't get along and be in a community and accept one another, that's exactly what it sounds like when I say praise the Lord this morning. Hollow. (laughs) Hollow. Great city, the power of coming together and accepting one another, it is a praise to our God. Look, at in this text, you know, Paul's making a very quick point. He begins to lift up a passage, 2 Samuel chapter 22. And this is where David is celebrating the fact that Saul was trying to kill him and that he now had a... It's a whole scripture on praise and how he gave God a praise. But but Paul does something unique. That same thing that the Jewish people understood they were celebrating about, he injects the word Gentile in that scripture... (laughs) In other words, he's saying the same God that delivered Israel is the same God that delivers the Gentiles. (laughs) The same grace that's on the Jewish people is the same grace that's on the Gentile community. What Paul is doing is telling them people, come together. They are the same. The people who you think is outsiders are also insiders. That's what Paul's point is this morning. And my point this morning is, if we're really going to have an effective praise, we're really going to be powerful in our praise, we need to accept one another. First of all, accepting one another is a reflection of our praise. But our second thing when when we accept one another, it is a service to God. Listen to the text. Here it is. Accept one another. Just as Christ accepted you, watch this, in order to bring praise to God, here's verse 8. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth. How did Jesus serve the Jews? He became, watch this church, and he became incarnate in order to serve. That is a big word for simply saying this God became human. God, how did he serve the Jews? He became human so that the people can be redeemed. He became human so that the people can be redeemed. What amazes me is that when the church is debating and arguing and fussing and fighting all the time, instead of us being incarnate, we begin to dehumanize and we move away from Christ's incarnation. Christ's incarnation, watch this church, it transformed, it changed, it empowered people's lives. Jesus came from heaven to get down in our mess He became human, took on our burdens, uh, bear one another's burden, and then he saved us, redeemed us, changed our lives. That's how Jesus served. He was incarnate. He became incarnate, and then he served. How did he serve? He went to an old rugged cross, and they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head, bled and died. But here's the good news of the gospel. That's not how the story ends. Early Sunday morning, our Jesus got up with all power in his hand. And watch this. That same power that conquered the grave lives in you and lives in me. That's Jesus' service to you and me. Jesus paid the ransom for us through his service. And the Bible says to us, and the question to us this morning, how are you called to be incarnate in our community? God has called you to be Jesus with skin on. Be Jesus with skin on in your home. Be Jesus with skin on in your computer in your community. Be Jesus with skin on in this world. Be Jesus with skin on on social media. Be Jesus with skin on in the courtroom. Be Jesus with skin, skin on in the boardroom. We are called to be incarnate in every area of our lives. That's how Jesus served. He became incarnate. He became human. He took on compassion, empathy, and all of that so that others could change. Paul says that same service belongs to the Gentiles. He says, accept one another. It's a great city. Accepting one another is a praise to God. Accepting one another is a service to God. But the last thing I see is accepting one another is a promise from God. Here it is. I'm going to read read the text again. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of the truth. Here it is. So that the promise made to the patriarchs may confirm, moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Great city, now, the promise were made for the Jews were made to Abraham. The Jewish people are called Abraham's offsprings. And this offspring didn't just stop with the Jewish people. But Paul is saying that offspring coerves all the way over to the cross and it goes to the cross to the Gentile community. And that offspring, that promise also belongs to you and me. Grace City, we are heirs to the throne of God. We are, we are promised. Every promise that's in the Old Testament was promised to his people today. And that's good news. We need to celebrate the Lord for the promises that he made to his people. Paul is letting them know that that promise wasn't for the Jews, but it was for the Gentiles. And if, if it was for the Gentiles, then it was for you And me. What promises are you talking about, Coy? Moses said, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised. You on an oath, if you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God will walk in obedience with them. What was the promises he's talking about? Joshua said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. What is the promises they're talking about? Isaiah put it this way. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like evil. They shall walk and not get weary. What is the promises of the Lord? Thank you, Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope in the future. What is the promises, Coy? Romans says, I know that all things, (laughs) ha ha, it's working together for the good of them who love the Lord. What is the promises, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. God, here it is, church. When we accept one another, it's a praise. Come on, worship thing. When we accept one another, it's a service. And the last thing, Grace City, when we accept one another, it is his promise. Paul writes these beautiful words and summarized the entire thing when he writes to the church at Philippi. He says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ, who being the very nature of God, did, nothing, did not consider equality with God something he used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the nature of a servant being made in human likeness, who being feared, found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. That's the model he has for how we accept one another city when we accept one another it's a praise to God when we accept one another it's service to God when we accept one another we walk in the promises of God let me pray for us our father and our God thank you so much for your word thank you for this powerful analogy where Paul is very clear that which you did for the Jews is now it was done for the Gentiles that which you done for the insiders is also for the outsider. Thank you for the clarity of your word. Now help us to accept one another. God, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, we